Your favorite NFL team is getting ready for a new season of football. From OTAs to minicamp, Odyssey is your home for local sports talk and coverage all off-season long. Get updates on key storylines, rapid reactions, rookie reports, and more. From people who know the team the best, it's always football season with Odyssey. Stream the shows you love on your computer, phone, smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. And we're coming alive for the Bill Four Tough Studio. Boomer Size and Greg Giannotti. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are on the free Odyssey app, good Friday morning, a feel-good football Friday. And a lot of news about DeMar Hamlin yesterday and the NFL and how they're going to handle the next couple of weeks and into the playoffs. And, of course, spectacular news surrounding the DeMar Hamlin recovery. He was awake. He was writing answers to questions. The doctors believe that he's going to make a full neurological recovery. So all amazing things. You saw a press conference from the Buffalo Bills yesterday with Sean McDermott and Josh Allen and said the good news that they heard about DeMar Hamlin yesterday has got them all inspired and ready to go and play this weekend. And the NFL is going to have a vote with the owners today after the commissioner came up with a plan on how to handle the competitive balance of this. And then the competition committee said, okay, now the owners have to go and, I guess, ratify it, if you will. Yeah. And we'll see what happens from there. Boomer was a big celebrity last night, too. We'll get to that a little bit later as he was courtside at Rutgers, Maryland. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? Ah, good morning, Jay. A little tired this morning. You know, I've been trekked down to Scataway, but it was yeah. fun. And uh, what a great venue that is. I can understand why uh, other teams do not like playing in that place because it is intense. It is loud. We'll get into it with Jerry a little bit later on. I just want to say, I hadn't been to a college basketball game in, in person probably in about two or three years. Yeah. I, I You forget just how intense these, these kids are and, and how so there's so much energy. And they actually play defense. And I think Steve Peichel is, you know... He's in a defensive posture the whole game, just so you know it. It's like cell block defense over there. It's like, ah. But anyway, it was uh, unfortunate we lost, but, you know, what a great experience. And it was very nice that uh, Marco Battaglia and everybody over there rolled out the red carpet for me and my buddy Lee, and we had a great night. Hey, Boomer, up your ass. Mm. Yeah, there you go. So it was, uh, we had fun. We had a lot of fun. It was great. So, and Marco spent the whole night on his phone. So I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, so I tried to sit there and watch this, and uh, it, was, it was a good time. So anyway, uh, saying all of that, yes, I was, uh, you know, went on Fox News yesterday with uh, Bill Hammer and Dana Perino. And right as I'm going on, the news comes out that DeMar Hamlin is actually awake and he's neurologically intact, which is the one thing we all wondered about. How much oxygen did not make it to the brain? How long did it take them to revive him on the field and everything else? And it turns out that everything that happened on the field was amazing. That they did what they were supposed to do, that they're trained to do, and they jumped into action. And I'm sure we'll find out who all those people are eventually. Um, but I have to say that uh, the way that that whole thing worked out and being able to go on TV yesterday and talk about it after we were talking about it all morning and then having that be something that came to light was just really an amazing feeling. I, I don't know how you felt. I don't, I, I'm assuming that we all felt the same way. Oh, of course. Right? I mean, we, we had been waiting 
So the, the sort of the take that I had going into yesterday was this was going to be a very long process because that's what it sounded like, that there was going to be maybe weeks of him recovering. We wouldn't get some news and who knows how long it would take. And then this this press release by the Bills and they tweet out this all this great news. It was like unbelievable to go from where we were Tuesday morning to now Thursday afternoon yeah. with this spectacular news was just it felt like a miracle. I mean, it yeah. really did feel like a miracle. Well, you know, he is, what, 24, 25 years old. So he has youth on his side. Plus, he's a professional athlete. Yeah. Uh, he's got all of that. He's probably in, well, he has to be in awesome sure, shape. Yeah. So he had all of that going for him. Plus, he had great doctors, uh, great EMTs, and all the all the personnel there uh, that were at the game and everything else. So uh, it was great. And then he actually told uh, his, uh, as Josh Allen said yes, yesterday, charge ahead, guys. You know, go for it, and uh, and I and I would feel that he would feel that way because when he first woke up, he said, "Did we win?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, which is which is what any athlete would be doing. And uh, I know that uh, Demar's father had zoomed into a Buffalo Bill meeting the day before yeah. and was talking about the progress that his son was making. And I think that um, you know the father, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, was probably telling the team, "You can do this for him." You know, that kind of thing to kind of get those guys in a mindset where they want to play again. And I think everybody feels really good about that news yesterday. And he does have a long way to go. He's got a his heart's got to heal. His lungs got to heal. He's got to get over the trauma of everything else. And uh, so uh, and then on top of that, imagine telling him, you know, what has gone on around his charity. Oh, I'm sure. He's been out. Um, so I'm I mean, sure. all of this stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he's going to be absolutely floored by. You know, it's amazing to me that you can be in that situation where you have to be resuscitated. Then you're in a medically induced coma. You're basically asleep for days. And then when you come out of it, your brain is still there to go. Did we win the game? Well, it's just, it's just amazing. Well, it goes to, to show you that the initial uh, treatment that he received was spot on. Right. And the CPR that he got and to be able to be resuscitated that quickly and come back to life uh, is really remarkable. And that's but, but that then again, as all people out there that are, are part of the that group of people that save lives every single day understand that, you know, that's their job. That's what they do. That's that's what they're trained to do. And they do it with. Uh, I'm sure there's some nervousness like we would have if I stepped on the field or you on the softball field. There's nervousness. And when you're in the batter's box, you know, you have that little tingle in your stomach. Like, sure. am I going to get hit or is Boomer going to yell at me? That's of course. Yes. So uh, I'm sure the uh, the people that do that for a living have that little bit of excitement and anxiety that go along and stress that go along with that. But they see things clearly like great football players do. So anyway, I just uh, it was really great to be able to be a part of that when the news broke yesterday. And it's just... It was just amazing because I know we had just gotten off the air when that had come out. Right. And I know he's not completely out of the woods no, yet. But every, yeah. Right. Everybody believes that he's going to make this full recovery. But who was your buddy who did the Kurt Warner movie? Uh, Mark Charty. All right. Mark Charty. Get on this one. Get on this one. Get on this one. Because yes. they're already writing the script for you. It's right because, there in front of you. Because when he asked, did we win the game, the doctor said, yes, Damar. You won the game of life. I mean, that's right there in the trailer of the movie. That says Disney. Right. Right, exactly. Now, the only thing that has to happen, though, from here to there is the Bills have to win, win the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. And they got to present him with the Vince Lombardi trophy. That's right. Yeah, that would be amazing. That so, would be that would be the story. It would be great. So now there are some things that, oh, you know, What's that, Eddie? 
Uh, this is a clear indication of, you know, sports gods. Sports gods, thing. it is a clear indication of sports gods. The Yankees gods. won the 2001 World Series. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, they lost right. that, yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but, um, you know, thanks for sending us off into a different direction there, Eddie. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, there are a number of scenarios that the NFL has put into place right now that if certain things happen this weekend, you know, depending on what the matchups are in the AFC side of things in the playoffs, uh, there could be a coin flip between two teams. That's right, between the, the Bengals Ravens and the Ravens, Bengals, yeah. Which, I, I, I'm being taught the Ravens were a little bit of a pain in the ass in this whole thing. Oh, really? A little bit meaning of an, meaning you know, what? Just, like, pushing back on different things and different situations about competitive fairness. That's all. Not, not about Damar, not about any of that. They're very understanding about that. But just this whole scenario stuff that had to be run past the competition committee, had to be run past the ownership and stuff like that. You know, the Ravens have already beaten the Bengals. The Bengals could have lost on Monday night, meaning that the Ravens and the Bengals potentially could have been playing for the AFC North. The, the Ravens don't want to give up the AFC North. So if the Ravens go in there and beat the Bengals, there's a, a very good chance that the, if they see each other in the playoffs, depending on what the seedings are, they could flip a coin. For home field. For home field for that game. Now, but when you that, say the Ravens are a pain in the ass, is that John Harbaugh? Is that Steve Bashotti? It's is the that, whole organization. The whole, whole organization. organization. No, it's just, it's, it's just, you know, the coach wants to, you know, make sure that his team gets. Look, yeah, at the end of the day, these are highly competitive people. Yeah. I mean, they are grinders. You know, we, we talk about these jobs and Black Monday and people getting fired like it's nothing because we sit here in this studio and we have to give opinions. But in their world, it's super, super competitive. And they want, you know, they don't want to be held back no matter what the situation is. You know, ultimately, when everything is okay, like now everybody feels like tomorrow's going to be okay. Now we're back to being, okay, we are the competitive SOBs that we were when we got this job in the first place. And one of the reasons I have it, and I continue to have it, when I speak in terms of the Baltimore Ravens, it's like John Harbaugh. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting for my team now. It's no longer now that the league is bigger than the team. Now the team is all about me protecting my players and giving us the best chance to win that game. And I want to make sure that our thoughts and our rights are upheld when you are making decisions that could happen under certain scenarios. You see what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying. And because the game was officially canceled yesterday, the Bills-Bengals game will never resume. Uh, the Bengals won the AFC North because of that, essentially. Well, essentially. Now, if they if they lose to the uh, uh, Ravens and there's a certain situation where these two teams could end up playing each other in the first round of the playoffs, then they'll flip a coin. Right. But the Bengals are going to have a home playoff game in round one unless... Could they, the meet? Unless could the they meet in the first round? I, I believe they can, yes. So, so that's the scenario. Mm. Do you want me to read you the scenarios? Uh, I, There's I three of them. It's, it's very complicated. I don't know. Should we do this? Should we well, at least put some NFL music underneath it no. or something? Look, like just, some very, sort of it's, anything? It's, it's very easy. Buffalo and Kansas City yeah. both win their games. Yeah. And if Buffalo and Kansas City make it to the championship game, okay, it's going to be at a neutral site. Neutral site. If Buffalo and Kansas City make it to the championship game, it's a neutral site game. Right. So and we don't know where that would be. I would think it's... Guys. I would think you'd want to keep it in. And what Honda, Nissan... Uh, hello. Okay, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Eddie, you're off to a great start today. <laughs> so anyway, I would assume, again, yeah. that if it's Buffalo and Kansas City and it's a neutral site game... That you would want to keep the game in the same type of weather pattern. In other words, outdoors and cold. 
Right? Okay, so, so you're you saying were, you're knocking out the domes then? I, I would think so. I would think you're thinking Cleveland, you're thinking you're thinking Green Bay, you're thinking Chicago. That's what I would think. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know. I've just, just, See, I, I thought it would be more like like Houston or, or Detroit, Detroit or something like between. that. No, I, I'm, why would you put two teams that play outside be, indoors? Because those... I, I think that you eliminate all sorts of weather situations. So you don't have to figure out about okay, that. So that's another. That's a whole another set of circumstances. Yeah. All right. So that. So scenario two. Scenario two. Buffalo and Kansas City both lose this weekend. Mm-hmm. Baltimore wins or ties. That means they beat Cincinnati. Yeah. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would again then be at a neutral site. Okay. Okay. Now. There's another third scenario. Buffalo and Kansas City both lose their this weekend's games, and Cincinnati wins. All right. A Buffalo or Cincinnati versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. So basically what they're saying is that if Buffalo or Cincinnati make it to the AFC championship game yeah. versus Kansas City, it's going to be at a neutral site. Now, do you feel like this competitive balance because of the taking the home game out of it is fair when you still have that other layer of a team getting a bye. So here's my, my point. My point is like, look, we're, I said this yesterday, I said it on Tuesday when we came in here after Monday night. The NFL is in uncharted waters. And when you're in uncharted waters, you all have to be sensitive to why the NFL is making decisions, why the commissioner is making decisions. And believe you me, he's talking to the competition committee. Yeah. He's talking to the owners. And he got approval from the competition right. committee on this already. And he's trying to figure all this stuff out with without interrupting, first and foremost, week 18. And then secondly, the the playoffs and how they're going to be played out. They don't want to move or take up that extra week. They don't want to do any of that stuff. All the stuff that we possibly talked about. Now, here's the Baltimore-Cincinnati situation. All right. If Baltimore defeats Cincinnati in uh, this Sunday at 1 o'clock, so Baltimore and Cincinnati are playing at 1, Buffalo and New England are playing at 1, all right? That means Baltimore will have defeated Cincinnati, a divisional opponent, twice in one season. Yeah. But still would not be able to host a playoff game because Cincinnati will have a higher winning percentage. Remember I told you they were going to go back to winning percentage? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank Thank you. So... They only played a 16-game schedule as opposed to Baltimore, who played a 17-game schedule. So if Baltimore does defeat Cincinnati, mm. and if those two clubs are scheduled to play a wild-card game against one another, the site for that game would be determined by the coin toss. Okay. I that's, think that's I, basically, I think I, that's, that's right. four scenarios that you have there. And I think it's relatively fair. You know, the other thing I was thinking, like if Kansas City loses on Saturday, I mean... Now you're now I think I kind of feel and I'm I'm try, I was trying to think through this. If Kansas City loses on Saturday, then you have a potential for Buffalo or Cincinnati to be the one seed, assuming if one of those teams win. I think it's just Buffalo though, right? Not Cincinnati. I thought Buffalo had the opportunity to win and then they would host, they would have home field. I well, don't well, think I'm just saying, but what happens if Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins? Yeah, I don't know that one. I'm not sure. Right. So I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I, don't feel, I don't know. It's just that's the one thing that I don't know. But I just so like they put these scenarios out here. I think before this weekend, just to give everybody a sense of what they're thinking and and how the competition committee, as you said, uh, 
ratified all this stuff. Um, but if Kansas City loses and Buffalo gets the number one seed, I don't think there's going to be an issue. So as long as if Buffalo and Cincinnati both win, I think, and Kansas City loses, then I, I kind of feel like that just kind of wipes all this stuff away. Right, it, it, and, and it will. Now, I do think that the neutral site thing does make the competitive balance a little bit better, but we're still talking about a team getting a bye that might not have gotten a bye, which I know there's not going to be a panacea which be, with this. Which would be Kansas City. Right. Had Buffalo won both of their last Exactly. Games. So there's, it, there's not going to be something that makes it completely fair, but this helps it You're right, but a it's, little bit. Listen, we knew, we knew on Tuesday when we did touch on some of this stuff that it was not... The, the people were going to have to, you know, be flexible, understand the situation at hand, the gravity of the situation, and, of course, the commissioner's powers to be able to make a decision sure. that, again, he didn't do by himself, of course. He did it with his advisors in the NFL offices. He did it with the competition committee, and he spoke to the owners. So there you have it. There are your scenarios again. Um, you know, I... I I, I think it's about as best as you could expect. I really do. Uh, Al, so you were listening to what Boomer was saying, right? You weren't yes, writing sir. any of this down. I was not. All right, let's see if you can give us back anything that he said in that scenario situation that is correct. What did you remember that he said about these scenarios? That if the Chiefs and Bills win, there's going to be a neutral site game. If they get into the AFC Championship game. Oh, okay. I see. Only, only if the only if those two teams end up in the AFC oh. Championship game, and can if Kansas City wins on Saturday, okay, it basically comes down to Buffalo winning, and then if they get into a championship game, it's a, it's a neutral site game between those two teams. Oh yeah, there was two other scenarios in there. Do you remember those at all? If uh, well, I know the Ravens are angry at competitive balance. All right, that's true. That's, that's something true, you said, yeah. And then if the Bengals yeah. do something. Right, exactly. Then there might be a coin flip between them and the Ravens. Right, so if the, if the Ravens beat the Bengals. Right. And they, and they match up in the first round of the playoffs. Yes. Coin flip. To see who gets the home game. Right. Why wouldn't they uh, neutral site that game? Because Baltimore would have beaten Cincinnati twice in the same year, a divisional opponent. And Cincinnati would have played one less game. And Cincinnati has been basically told already you've won the AFC North. So, essentially, you would have a home game unless, of course, Baltimore beats you. Now, they beat you twice. (laughs) Got it. You still win the AFC North, but you're going to coin flip where you're going to be playing the game. What are you doing? (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. Scuttlebutt from a NFL source. Just some stuff that they're going to do before the games this weekend. So later this morning, there's going to be an announcement that there's going to be a pregame moment of support for DeMar Hamlet at all games. I think we all said that. Sure. And during pregame warm-ups, players are going to have the option to wear special T-shirts that have love for DeMar on them. Okay. And the Bills will wear number three patches on their jerseys. So that's uh, how they're going to honor DeMar Hamlin. And, of course, he's had positive news, and it's not um, it's as dire as it was a couple days ago, but that's some of the stuff that you're going to see. Also, this plan that we were talking about and the, all the issues with the neutral site locations and everything else, that has not been confirmed yet. There's going to be a league meeting 
today at noon, and the owners now have to agree to changing the NFL bylaws to make this Roger Goodell plan actually be into place. So Goodell said, here's the plan. Competition committee said yes. Now the rest of the owners have to agree to do this. Well, and not all of the owners, just 24 oh, of them. All right, so yeah, 24, majority right. uh, of them have to be able to do that. So that'll be at, at noon today, so you would... I have an answer this afternoon. You know what, what I would like to see from 32 owners, and I think I probably speak for the commissioner's office in this regard, you know, you'd like to see uh, a unanimous support of this. Yes, you would and, think so. You would hope so, you'd think so. And, and just say, hey, we're all on board, we all get it, we all have to, you know, move things around potentially, potentially, potentially you don't have to do anything. But potentially we may have to move some things around and we're going to be flexible. You know why? Because we're football players and we deal with adversity every single day. As Phil Sims likes to say, football is a game of failure. And you deal with those failures pretty much throughout every game and throughout every season. No matter who you are, no matter how good your season was, there's going to be failures. So you learn how to deal with them and adjust on the fly. And every single football coach that I've ever played for said, I don't want to hear anything about excuses. So now is the time for every single team to support this plan and say, look, we're all in this together. We got it right. We got a, a young man laying in a hospital bed. We're in uncharted waters, and this is how we're going to move forward. All right, we are moving forward with Jerry Recco's update that's happening right now. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. So adding on to all that, some of the sound from yesterday, Bill's head coach Sean McDermott speaking to the media. Very happy about the progress he heard from Hamlin. The updates have flowed basically through either Brandon uh, and Nate or Dr. Bissan or directly from DeMar's doctors. And uh, the news has been very encouraging as, as we all are up to date at this point. And uh, just extremely grateful. And so they, Why do you think those doctors came out yesterday with, the, with their skull caps on? Maybe they were just out of surgery. Yeah, probably. Think so? I mean, like, they knew they were having a press conference. I mean, you know. Well, see, think if you have, so I know if I have a hat on. Yeah. And I've got, those guys look like they had longer hair. So mm -hmm. if I have a hat on. And I have the hair like I have now, and then I take that hat off. My hair is just everywhere. It looks terrible. Right. So maybe these guys, because they had the hats on, you know, were like, I'm let not me keep the hat on because my hair is going to look terrible in this press conference. Uh, it, it also makes them a little bit more official looking, maybe. That too, yeah. Like, you know, I just came out of surgery or whatever. And yeah, they should have come out with, like, the gloves on and everything too, like, just the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> maybe some blood on their shirts. <laughs> like, I just got out of surgery, guys. Just got out of surgery. I got I got twenty minutes to talk yeah, to you guys. Yeah, can't be messing around here. I got another one in twenty. Go, come on. Any, uh, did you did you hear any of the questions that the oh media asked? Oh my god! Yes, that one woman. Yeah. She was a Cincinnati reporter. Quite possibly the most annoying person on. No, 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 no. They can't be the most annoying. We had the most. Annoying oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were injured all year. <laughs> right. That's right. So is that? It was <laughs> it the same woman. <laughs> it could be the same woman. Yeah. Is it? I have no idea. I don't think I so. I didn't hear it. I will. Oh, oh, I haven't had a chance just, to. Oh, for, she asked. First of all, she jumped on like so bubbly and just was not the right tone. And then she followed up after whatever her first stupid question was with, "So there were so many prayers that were sent." To Damar and you guys, just everybody praying. <laughs> Did you feel those prayers? 
And I was like, oh my God. I was just like, I felt, when I was watching this, I was sitting on the couch, I fell off of the couch. I tried, tried to crawl under the couch for third party embarrassment. Yeah, now, third party answer. embarrassment is right. Doctor's like, uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ed Coleman, the doctor. Yeah, right? <laughs> yep, so, uh, did, did I feel the prayers? Yes. Did I think I'd feel the prayers? No. Uh, that sort of a situation. So. <laughs> I mean, it was. It was cringeworthy. Yeah, no, it was, it was absolutely the worst tone and the way that she handled it was horrible. Uh, but the doctors weren't like, listen, I don't believe in God. <laughs> they didn't say that. Um, but they were like, yes, the support, obviously, everybody into sure. it. You know, it certainly it certainly helps. And thanks to everybody for supporting. Well, let's see by, if I can by, find by it. By the way, okay. we got 500 other patients in the hospital that we got to take care of. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, that is true. Uh, here's Josh Allen. So they're playing the Patriots. What's this game going to be like for you? I think for every person, it's going to be a little different. I think putting that helmet back on today was a really good thing for our, our team and just to, to kind of go through that process. Um, but I'd be lying to you if I didn't say, you know, some people are going to be changed forever. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will be. And one of those guys you can make the case would be T. Higgins, yeah, um, who was clearly a part of this whole thing. Uh, he was asked what the last few days has been like. Obviously, it's been hard, you know, uh, just because, you know, I have something to do with the play and whatnot. But, uh, you know, everybody's been making me feel, feel whole again. You know, um, I talked to, talk to his mom, and, you know, it's, everything's okay. Um, he's doing good, so I'm in, I'm in a good place right now. I imagine that's the biggest part, talking to his mom and hearing good news. He can go play with a little sigh yeah, and, of relief. And he's a good guy, and he reached out to the family immediately right after the game and continued to reach out. And I'm, I, I don't know if he went to go see DeMar at the hospital or not. I, I read a story where one of DeMar's best friends who he played with at Central Catholic High School, who is now a safety with the Indianapolis Colts, drove 100 miles from Indianapolis to go see his best friend in the hospital that night. Wow. And was talking to him, and he, and he, you know, I guess Demar was out, but he claims that, you know, it. He heard him talking. He heard him. That's what he claims, and it's uh, really a, a that should be part of the story for Mark Charty. Oh, you're right, Mark Charty, your movie yeah. producer friend who is going to now make this into a movie. I should a Kurt Warner story into a movie. Yes, yeah. got it. Got to be all over it. Get the rights now. Game plan too, by the way. Oh, game plan as well. I yes. start in that game plan too. Maybe we do game plan too. <laughs> we're gonna have time. a whole sports talk radio segment in the movie. That would be great. Would you like to be a part of it? I would love to be a part of Gary? it. Gary, didn't he? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, my this face is made for. Film. Al, would you? Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> this one you'll show up for, Al, because you uh, won't show up for anything else. Yeah, that I show up for. You would. Okay, <laughs> movie. <laughs> uh, former Broncos, Browns, and Giants running back Peyton Hillis hospitalized after a swimming accident where he saved his kids from drowning. According to TMZ, he remains in ICU for treatment on his lungs and kidneys, but doctors say his health is improving. Wait, what was this? Yeah, I was going to say, do we know any more details about this? This was a, pool this was a TMZ report. Was I didn't, there really was um, not big on the details. Not okay. yet. Right. They have not emerged. That's all. I pretty much copied and pasted what TMZ had. So as it comes out, we'll give you more. Sunday, the Giants take on the Eagles. Jets face the Dolphins, as we know. Here's Mike LaFleur. Yeah, our bad with playing Zach right away. As we look back now, it hasn't gone so well the first couple of years. In hindsight, it, it probably would have benefited, you know, just to sit back and, and learn a little bit uh, and uh, and watch a veteran and, and do it and just kind of grow, um, you know, in this league. Uh, 
kind of in the back seat watching. And he was trying to point to Aaron Rodgers and what Jordan Love might be now as he has watched for the last few years. He says we chose the wrong path, clearly. That wasn't the course that we went. And, uh, you know, from here, we got to pick it up. We got to pick up the scraps and we got to get back to work. And he took a lot of the responsibility on his shoulders. Uh, LaFleur did. So basically said, didn't get it done and it's on me. The execution was poor, and that's coaching. Uh, after two weeks of negotiating, still no official deal between the Mets and Carlos Correa. Reports say a couple of other teams have engaged Scott Boris, and at least an interest doesn't mean anything's going to happen, and he's not going to be a Met, but right now, we are kind of nowhere. The Yankees hired Omar Minaya as senior advisor of baseball now, how many more operations. Guys can Outside the team, a specialist that's, you know, a specialist, that, you know, a guy who's in this, a specialist in the area. Yes. Yeah, I love Omar. He's a great dude, man. So I'm happy for him. Sure. I mean, they're hiring all these old guys. Yeah, they're front Ryan Sabian, Omar Minaya. It's, yeah. it's funny that you say that because this friend of mine is a Yankee fan. Texts me the Omar Minaya news. He goes, man, they're bringing in all these new guys. I said, new guys? No, they're bringing <laughs> old in guys. They're bringing, they're bringing I would say they're bringing in experienced guys. They are. Uh, but, I mean, like, it's it's like signing old free agents. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, these guys are all baseball guys and base, good baseball men and everything else. But, man, they're adding to uh, Brian Cashman's cachet of support personnel. I suppose. I, I'm just picturing, like, Hal Stein and Brenner going, how can we make this organization more stale? <laughs> I was bringing these guys. That'd be perfect. <laughs> I I think these in, are good hires. Right. Influx of really old baseball guys. Well, you already know they got a million young guys. data geeks. I mean, now you balance it out a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, I think my man Omar, man, he's the guy that finds diamonds in the yeah, rough. Yeah, that's exactly that's right. The thing. There has been that. I will give him credit. Yes. Yeah. Celtics beat the Mavericks 124 to 95. Jason Tatum had 29, 14, and 10, so they bounced back nicely. Grizzlies over the Magic, 123, 115, 32 for John Morant. Sometimes you get a slip of the tongue like Charles Barkley on TNT. I'm being honest, right? I don't want to be one of these ass on television. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, I mean jackasses. I meant. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. What the heck is going on? Here? I meant jackasses. I apologize. Uh, These things happen. <laughs> I, I may say that on Sunday just to see what happens. Well, that would be you? great. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah, you Sean McManus would have a like. Well, oh, we've had some slips of the shoot out of the chair and get it. But we've done that here, have we not? Yeah, but we've yeah, had a couple. Of, yeah, of course. Yeah. We just have the power of the dump button. Yes, exactly. Well, sometimes it makes it on TV, but it doesn't make it on the radio. True. But yeah, how many times did you say in the five plus years now we've had that happen? And then after that, the are you counting callers as well, or just us? no, just us? I've done it at least three times. Really, at least, yeah. Wow. Yep. And then Boomer, if you add up all the years, 14? Is that right? 16. 16. Oh, my God. 16. Yeah. How many times would you say? Twice. That's yeah, what happens. Would you agree, Eddie? It's more than that. It is? Yeah. All right. Who made him the gatekeeper? <laughs> I'm not making anybody the gatekeeper, but he's the one that clips all this stuff, so he probably has the best ear for it. He clips it. He hits the dumb button, so he'd be the guy to ask. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering. Anyhow, what happened last night? Nice to see you last night as Rutgers beat Maryland 64-50. to Nice seats, huh? Yeah, them Mulcahy kid in the second half took over. Oh, Mulcahy. He, he was he a really good player, man. Yes, he is. He just handles the ball. He's so solid. You know, he's got that... Is he about six foot six? Six seven. Six seven. Yeah, look at you. You're handsome. I uh, appreciate it. Thank you. But mm. he, um, man, he was just... He took over. And then our guy, number 10, Reese. Yes, Julian Reese. 
Yeah, well, Julian lost his mind for about three and a half minutes there at <laughs> yes, the beginning of the second second half, and I'm yes, like, I, did. and I got a dentist screaming at him, who's sitting next to me, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, what 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 are we doing here? I mean, but I will say this: it is so awesome to watch those kids up close, yeah, and watch them go after each other. I mean, it is fast, it is furious. They play they defense. Care. And your man Steve Peichel's in a defensive posture the whole game. He knows what he's, he's doing. So he's over there, you know, trying to get his guys playing defense. Love the way he uh, called timeout and stuff. And and our guy um, Scott Willard, he's got he's Kevin got some I mean, yeah, Kevin. He's got some work to do. And um, this is his first year, so he's got a bunch of new guys, and it's going it's going to take a while to get him to where Steve Peichel is right now. You would have thought the pulp was there. Oh, I, I mean, I saw some of the footage just now on CBS Sports. The line for Boomer, incredible. Well, I swear, I was sitting. Well, whatever. I mean, I was sitting, so it was, it was fine. Very cool, you know, though. we have a lot of great fans out there that yeah. love this radio program. Yes. And love who you you are and what you do. So it was great. It was great to be there with my former teammate, Marco. Took really good care of me and Lee, so it was, it was perfect. And the Jerry head was not there. Whoever's I got asked that for Jerry the Jerry head, head but they didn't. And I have asked Greeny, the guy who runs all that, he's like, I'll go find it. And it wasn't there. It wasn't there. Man. I was very disappointed. It's not there. Look at us. There we are. Look at us. Man. Man. And by the way, as soon as you and I talk, the pep band's going off. <laughs> yes, like, I thought I was at the I AFC know. Championship game last week. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Very loud in that place. Yeah, man. No I, 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 so here's the thing about the rack. I'd never been there before, so I didn't know what to expect. And Marco was telling me that, uh, I guess, Michigan State head coach, uh, Tom Izzo. Yeah. That Tom Izzo. Not our Tom Not Izzo. our Tom Izzo, correct. Hates playing in that place. And I guess he has said so. Yeah, they've crushed Michigan State there. Yeah. I know, but what I'm saying, he, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. Tom Izzo has, has complained about the rack. Okay. For whatever reason. And uh, I can understand why. I mean, there was a point in the first half where you guys, the shot clock ran out. Twice. That, right. And the ball, well, I'm not, not for our offense, for your offense. Oh, okay. And the ball goes out of bounds underneath our basket. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, we got the ball. Oh, they put two seconds. And next thing I know, they're putting two seconds. No, that back was the legit, clock. though. Like, that, was, that? that was legit. That no, was no, legit. No, Making excuses. Yes, it was. Screaming at the freaking officials. Man, and they, they, they cowered to his. No, constant hey, attacks. You weren't winning anyway. Take the uh, L on this one, Boomer. You know, <laughs> take the L. Take the L. I, I did enjoy myself. It was great. Good. And, uh, I appreciate it, and very nice that Marco and everybody else rolled out the red carpet. So, thank you very much, and thank you to you, Jerry, for making it all happen. Oh, of course. Yes, I did nothing. Rangers beat the Canadians four-one. Chris yeah. Kreider a shorthanded goal. A couple of goals for Filipino. Blues by the Devils five to three. Oilers over the Islanders four-two. Islanders in Calgary tonight. And you got Shosturkin, Brock Nelson, and Jack Hughes. Who's going to the All-Star Game February 3rd and 4th in Florida. Geo on this feel-good football Friday on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Unfortunately for Youssef, the second that we dangled the Super Bowl trip in front of him, and we said if you win the picks outright, we will get you to the Super Bowl and give you Super Bowl tickets. He has gone right in the tank. He is his picks record the last few weeks has been horrendous. Jerry has taken a lead. I think you might even be you are ahead of him by a game. At this point now, so Yusef has gone down to third in the picks. He's got a five five game lead. Look at Jerry. He's got a five game lead and a remarkable season for Jerry after going four and one in week seventeen. He's now got that's right a five game lead on Yusef. So the only way that Yusef can tie and then at least make this thing interesting and then maybe we'll spill it over to Wild Card Weekend if there's a tie is if Yusef picks against Jerry in every single one of the games and then goes zero and five and five and zero. That's his only shot. 
So he's going to have to do that. Yeah, but he's got uh, Jerry's got a six-game lead over him. Thought it was a five-game. No, six-game. Yeah, Jerry was telling me earlier this week he's got he's going to win it. He's got. He's go. already. Uh, he's Yusef uh, can't catch him. Yeah, Yusef can't catch him. Right. I can catch oh, him. Oh, I'm sorry. I was oh, looking yeah. at. Oh, that's right. I can catch him. That's right. I was looking at the second record, thinking it was Yusef because he'd been second, and now you've leapfrogged him. So you've got you're five behind him, and Yusef is six. So it's over. It's that's over. That's yeah. it. White flag for Yusef. <laughs> That's too bad. And congratulations to Jerry on, on, on having a great season. Well, a great season. This is one of the best seasons we've seen with picks yes. from Jerry. Yousef got off to that great start and uh, just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. He's like the Minnesota Vikings of picking <laughs> games. Right there, so close. Then you dangle the Super Bowl in front of him and then bang. There you go. Right down the toilet. Uh, let's go to Michael, who's in Parlin, New Jersey. What's going on, Michael? Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, I, I I need to compliment Boomer. He, I watched him last night because I was sitting cross court. Never once did he reach for his phone. With everything going on in this day and age, never once did I see him go to his phone. Very impressive. Not one that. time, Michael. So, Michael, did I not? Did I? I didn't pick my nose at all. Did I? Or no? no not the way that stuff. No. Did no? Okay. No, very good. And for very impressive, Boomer. I was into the game. That's it. You're a quarterback. You focus. You go to an athletic event, and that's what you do. You pay attention to what. Yeah, you're those doing. kids were unbelievable last night. You know, it's like I said, I haven't been there in about three. Or, I think two or three. I can't remember the last Maryland game. I went to, but I have to say, that was those kids are impressive. They're intense. It just. Yeah. It dwarfs the game of the NBA. I, I can't explain I'm, it. It's just, it's I'm just. Ho- I'm hoping we get to see you again. Well, I appreciate probably that, not Michael. There, Michael yeah. probably <laughs> not. But I will say time. that. I mean, those kids are every single one of them is cut like Adonis. Every single one of them. Like I don't remember us being like that when I was in college. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. And the other thing too is like Marco was telling me goes, you know, all the uniforms are now much more tight fitting than they used to be. Remember you used to wear those big baggy shorts and all sure, that stuff? Of course, yeah. I mean, this is kid number eleven. Look at yeah. That. I want to make him into a tight end. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that uh I'm sure that Maryland football would like to as well. Uh but yeah, that was uh Watching a game where you watched the game from last night right on the court awesome. Awesome. to me is the best seat in sports. A basketball yeah. game with your feet on the court is the best seat in sports. You know, I, awesome. I, the only thing I worry about, honestly, when it comes to college athletics right now is this whole nil thing and how it's completely out of control. I was told a story about a player, and I'm not going to say who the player is or where the player came from, but I was told a story last night. There was a player who was playing in a college football game this past year, okay, and had a good game against a certain team. All right. After that game, somebody from that certain team came up to that player and offered him money to enter the transfer portal so they could take him next year. So that player ended up going into the portal, and not only did he go into the portal, he ended up getting more money from another team. Wow. And he ended up going to that team. Yeah, I mean, I, so I, saw Greg me. Shan- I saw Greg Shannon last night. He came over, said hi, and everything else. And, uh, you know, and I told him that story. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that whole thing. And I'm like, this is what's going on? Yeah, this so- is exactly what's going on. So your team plays my team. After the game, I got a guy that goes up to one of your players and says, hey, I don't transfer portal. I out there and get you 50 grand. I mean, this is like insane. 50 grand, probably more than that. Well, whatever. But I'm just saying, like, it's insane. 
Yeah, no, it really is. It's it's completely. And by the way, it was not a Rutgers player. Yeah, the, the the wheels have certainly come off of this whole thing. Pithead coach Pat Narduzzi, like a week or so ago, uh, talked about how he heard that the UNC quarterback, the current UNC quarterback Drake May, has two schools offering him five million dollars to leave UNC. Not one, but. Two schools. There's something wrong with that. I just doesn't feel right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for the guys making money and all that other stuff. Man, that is completely out of control. And it's going to get worse. It's got Something's got to happen where this stuff has got to get, it's got to stop. I mean, I, how could a school like Rutgers or Maryland even deal with that? So, like say, if Kentucky or UNC uh, or, say, Kansas, I'm trying to think of the great basketball schools, UCLA that have huge donors, huge money, uh, huge, um, you know, audiences and and you can offer some kid, you know, $10 million to come play basketball there. How do Rutgers in Maryland even compete with that? I mean, they've got money. They don't have that type of money. I mean, they definitely, especially with the Big Ten Network, they've got like, money. Like schools like Clemson, private schools? Yeah, no like shot. That? Forget it. You have no shot. It's right. Uh, Chris in Belmar. What's going on, Chris? Yeah, hey, good morning, guys. How you guys doing? Great, Chris. What's on your mind? You know, Boomer, I saw you got up to Fox News in studio yesterday so quick, but how'd you get up town so quick? Think about it. That was like 40 minutes. You know, you're down by the tunnel, and uh, you humped it up to Rockefeller Center. Did you take the subway or something? No, I ran. They had a car service waiting for me out front, and I had to get in the car by 10.05. Had a great driver. She figured out how to get me up there quickly, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm sitting in the seat next to Bill Hemmer. Yeah, I figured you uh, you had some Die Hard 3 magic for you following an ambulance or something. No, no, none of that <laughs> stuff, no. As a matter of fact, I got to tell you, it was uh, it was smooth. That whole thing was smooth. It was amazing. Sixth Avenue was wide open. Really? Because we're not far from Sixth Avenue down here. It was wide open? It's pretty much wide open, yeah. Oh, so that's good. You caught a break there for once. And why? Because it's January. Right. And you were telling me, do not go past 10 o'clock today. Do not go past 10 o'clock. Exactly. You need to be right out 10 o'clock. No right. more. No 1001 bull crap. I don't want any of that stuff. Let's go. I was like, no problem. Come gotcha. on, Chief. Get and it then I, I get think it I got you out of like 59, uh, 59, 52. Right. Gave you like an eight-second lead there. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, made it. It's amazing watching Bill Hemmer turn into what he's turned into. You know, he covered me as an athlete in Cincinnati. He was a sports reporter. And he worked for the great Denny Jansen in Cincinnati, in Cincinnati okay. who was one of the more popular sports reporters out there for Channel 9. And, of course, uh, then he moved around a little bit, and then he found a home at, at Fox News. Now, nobody does the elections better than he does at the boards. I don't know how he knows where, you know, every county in America and how they're voting and and all the craziness that goes on when sure. it comes to elections these days. It's a skill. It is. It's an amazing skill. I'm Bill Hemmer, Fox News. It's Linsane in the membrane. Boomer and Gio coming to you live <laughs> the Bill Fortoff studio. <laughs> Hey, this is Matt Spiegel, and on my podcast, The PBP, Voices of Baseball, we learn how the best broadcasters in the game, like the Reds' John Sadak, try to capture the greatness of the best players, like Ellie Dela Cruz. He's a video game character. I mean, he is so athletic, and I think each moment is its own living entity, and I try to just match whatever that moment is. The PBP, Voices of Baseball. We bring you the people who bring you the game. Find us on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts.